Welcome everyone to Beyond the Panel, brought to you by Balancing Life's Issues, the Business Council of Westchester, and Westchester's ultimate headhunter, the Headless Horseman. I'm your host, Kai, and we're here to give the Talent Tuesday panelists an opportunity to follow up and dive a little deeper into the subject matter they recently spoke to on the webinar. Welcome to the program, Ted. Thank you for having me. Really a pleasure to be here. Of course, of course. So tell us a little more about yourself and how you're helping businesses find, hire, and retain talent in Westchester County. Absolutely. So I've been in the marketing communications field for over 25 years, and over the course of that time, I've worked in uh, many different uh, types of um, uh, services with many different types of clients. Today, what we increasingly uh, find ourselves doing is helping mid and large size corporations um, communicate more effectively with both the talent they're trying to recruit into the organization as well as their existing employees. And this has become a bottom line issue for a lot of companies, even though you read about layoffs in certain sectors right now, in other sectors, especially ones with uh, what we call frontline workers, think uh, manufacturing, retail, hospitality, they are struggling to actually find enough talent to service the demand that they're getting from their customers. So being able to, to efficiently and cost-effectively recruit talent into the organization and then keep them there um, and, and make sure that those employees are, are happy um, they're finding pleasure in their work. They understand the purpose of uh, the, the company that they're working for. And they make a career um, out of spending time at that company. That's where we're helping. That's where we're spending a lot of our times with, uh, with the clients uh, that we're working with. So that, that includes everything from uh, coming up with a communication strategy of how to effectively communicate with these audiences. Um, it, it's about developing the right messages that really resonate um, with uh, with employees and recruits. And even if you think about employees at large organizations, lots of different functions, lots of different uh, demographics. Um, so a one-size-fits-all approach never works. So you really have to tailor the messaging and the strategy for reaching those employees um, uh, to be effective. And, and then ultimately, it's really about uh, arming and training the, uh, the the managers within the organization to effectively deliver those messages. So uh, leadership sets the, the the vision and the strategy for the business, um, and it's up to the the folks out in the field to deliver those messages and make sure that the the, the employees um, under their care are really helping the company achieve the the goals and objectives of that strategy. Uh, so that's really a, you know, a big focus for us right now. We also do external communications as well, but increasingly companies are coming to us with um, a, a lot of challenges and demand for how do you more effectively and efficiently communicate with your, your employee base. Got it. Very cool. And so around these challenges and demands, you wrote a report, the 2023 War for Frontline Talent. I think you just spoke a little bit about the why you wrote that report, you know, kind of the things you're seeing, but just tell us a little more about that report, the process, and, you know, a, a couple few takeaways. Yeah, so we're working with HR and communications and even IT executives uh, every day uh, on behalf of our clients. Um, and uh, we're having conversations about these challenges that I mentioned earlier. And we're working uh, closely with them to come up with solutions. So we said, hey, listen, why don't we actually compile uh, some of this information mm -hmm. that we're talking about with them every day 
um, into a report that can hopefully provide some benefit to others who are struggling with similar issues. So we sat down with uh, over a dozen senior level uh, executives in the HR, IT, and comm space that are actively involved in employee engagement and employee communications work, and really just started to talk to them about what are these challenges that they're facing, um, and how, what are some solutions that have worked, and probably more importantly, like what are the solutions that didn't, haven't worked, um, and how are they, how are they uh, overcoming those obstacles? Uh, and, you know, the, li- listen, the conversations were fascinating. I think the thing to stress about this area right now is that it's extremely dynamic, and it's changing rapidly in part mm-hmm. because the expectations of employees and recruits are changing and have changed over the last few years more so than they did in the previous 20, right? So um, the demands are changing and the needs are changing. So companies have to address that in how they communicate uh, with them. And like I said before, you know, this is now a CEO and board level issue because mm-hmm. companies that are struggling to, re- to hire and to re- retain talent um, are seeing it negatively impact their bottom line. So now that the C-suite is paying attention to this, there's more pressure than ever before on HR and communications executives to get this right uh, and to deliver results to the organization, which is a good spot for them to be in. Um, it's a great spot for them to be in. It They can really have an impact on, on the, the health of the business, um, but that means they also have to deliver. And that's what's driving a lot of demand for this type of work right now. Got it. So like when we talk about recruitment, um, I think one of the things you mentioned or talk about in the report is the speed of hiring. Um, so I think the question to you is, how do you best empower kind of decision makers to be able to make those kinds of decisions quickly, considering there's such a such a demand for top talent? Yeah, I think this is an issue that affects all companies of all sizes, not just large companies that tend to be more bureaucratic and have more processes and red tape that uh, might slow down the hiring process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even in small businesses where there may be a reluctance to make a quick decision or expedite that decision and have multiple people interview a candidate. Um, in today's in today's world. Um, speed is really critical in the recruiting process. So one of one of the things we talk to clients about a lot and work with them on is, like you said, Guy, how do you empower the people out in the field who are doing the interviewing to make decisions? Well, first and foremost, you have to train them on what type of people are you looking for? What are the capabilities that you're looking for? Um, what are the strengths that you're looking for that are going to fill that role well? And then literally, how do you change the, the hiring process so that those individuals have that are empowered to actually make decisions either in real time or very quickly after they meet with these individuals. Because what companies are finding is if 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 you don't expedite the, the hiring process, a lot of these candidates, again, especially frontline workers, are being offered jobs elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're losing that talent. They're losing the opportunity to bring that talent in house. So it's about training. Um, it's about empowerment. It's about changing around your processes um, in order to speed up the the actual process from the minute you meet that candidate to when you actually make them that offer to 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 join the company. Yeah, and I imagine it's kind of like get into the mind of that candidate, right? Because I'm assuming they want to be hired quickly, right? They, Absolutely. they probably I mean, want a job in the next week or two. Yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, it benefits both parties. But you raise a good point. 
in that, and this is sort of a fundamental principle of all communications, but in this case, it particularly applies to uh, to, to recruits. Um, you have to know your audience, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to understand where they're coming from. Um, you know, we often say that the interview process, it's a two-way street, right? You're interviewing the candidate as the, as the company, but they're also interviewing you. Right. And if they have choices out there in a tight labor market, mm-hmm. they have to be convinced that you are the right choice for them. Right. And so how are you tailoring your messages to that audience so that it appeals to them? Mm-hmm. And so that if they do have multiple offers, you know, your offer stands out and and is the one that they, they ultimately end up choosing. So that's where I think, again, the coordination between corporate and folks in the field come into play because corporate needs to arm the folks in the field with the right messages that are tailored for the audience that they're they're interviewing, right? Um, and they have to understand how to um, how to have the right conversations with these folks and show them why the company is the right fit for them. Got it. So you know, best case scenario, we were able to move quickly. We got the great talent, and then there's this idea of re-recruiting. Did I say that right? Re-recruiting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You did. Can you tell you us did. tell us a little more about re-recruiting and and, and what that's all about? Yeah, this was born out of sort of the, I think that one of the traditional mistakes that companies make is after they hire, they kind of just, you know, yes, there's an onboarding process for new employees, but they kind of stop the courting process with mm-hmm. that employee um, because they figure, well, we've hired them and they're in and job's now, done. You know, yeah, the job's done. We're going to go focus on the next recruit, right? Mm-hmm. Our philosophy is you should really never stop recruiting even your existing employees because they're always a flight risk. Again, especially in mar- in, in industries with tight labor markets, right? So, um, you, you know, build in processes and tools and checkpoints where the employees feel that they're being heard, that any issues that are arising are being addressed. And just, you know, being a human, right? Like making sure you're connecting on a human level with them to understand how have the first three or six or nine months gone what expectations did it meet? What what expectations did it not meet? How can we help address that moving forward? Are they getting what they want out of the job? Things like that. You'd be surprised at how far even it, you know an informal touch point um, or connection point within between a manager and employee goes in helping the the employee feel heard mm-hmm. and listened to. Um, and and wanting them to uh, to remain at that organization. So that's a re-recruiting is simply like don't stop the courting right. process. You're, you're always you're sort of always selling the, the 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 benefits of the company and the purpose of the company to your employees. It has to be done in the right way, and there's both formal and formal means of doing that. Uh, but it shouldn't be abandoned just because you've hired the person and now they're a full-time employee. If anything, you should step it up, sure. right? And yeah. increase increase it moving forward. Got it. And so, you know, there are plenty of tools to be able to do that. And one, one you talked about using is social media. Can you talk a little bit how you would apply social media to that re-recruiting process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, one of the, one of the things employees want to know is they want to know about their leaders, right? And this starts in the, as a recruit and it, and it continues as an employee. You want to know, you know, first and foremost, like what are your leaders doing? What's the business strategy? How are they helping to achieve that strategy? Um, what's what's the purpose and the vision? All of that stuff is really important, and that that's that's coming out of leadership. But honestly, they also want to know like 
they want to know the you know more personal stuff about their leaders. You know, what's their family like? You know, what are some of the challenges they've overcome mm-hmm. in their lives to get to where they are today? Can they be role models for them, etc.? One way to communicate that to your employees is through social media channels. Now, social media channels, you know, at at its heart, they are external communications channels, right? Mm-hmm. So you think like LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, etc. They're reaching the world, right? But that's where a lot of your employees are already communicating on a regular basis. So we have found great success in helping CEOs and their leadership teams communicate to their employees via these external social media channels because that's where they are. And the more personalized that content is, the more effective it is, the more engagement we see. Um, and, and, and just there's a greater understanding among your employees of, hey, now I get the type of leader that this person really is. And it's someone I want to work for and continue to work for, as opposed to, I don't really know much about this leader. Yeah. I, I see him on CNBC once a quarter, but that's about it. Uh-huh. Um, that's not a good recipe for, uh, you know, for, for engaging with your employees um, and keeping them, you know, keeping them interested in working for the organization. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I could speak from experience. Uh, the company I work for has a strong social media presence um, but there's, there's no pressure for me to be engaged in like something I consider personal, like Instagram. Um, but on LinkedIn, you know, that, that's a, that's a resource that I see all my boss posting all the time, um, you know, personal stuff and anecdotes. And it does kind of create this sense of, I know, I know more about them than just that they're my boss. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I would also stress about social media is it's a great channel to communicate uh, employee case studies or employee success stories. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you ask yourself when you're applying for a job or maybe even in the first few months of a job is, you know, what is my track or what does my career path look like moving forward? And and how has it worked for other employees who have, who have sat in my seat and are now you know moving up the ladder into other other positions? Um so rather than have, you know, campaigns that, you know, tell you uh, how great the job is and here's the career path and here are all the opportunities, why not show them through real life employee case studies and just highlighting the challenges that certain employees have overcome um, and, and, where, and, and the success that they've had? Every company, no matter how big or small, has these success stories. Mm-hmm. You just have to find them, and then you have to figure out effective ways of telling those stories. But they're really important because that those are the most credible stories that that you can tell over social media and reaching your audience. Yeah. And, your and, and maybe that's even outside of the workplace. Like, you know, this whole idea of work-life balance, what kind of stories can you highlight um, that where uh, an employee had a personal struggle? And as a company you were able to rise the occasion and, and, you know, help them in some capacity through, through those kinds of struggles. Yeah, it's a great point. And it brings up the the issue of there's really no separation anymore between personal and professional life. And what I mean by that is that it's unrealistic to think that what happens, you know, in your personal life doesn't come in and affect what you do on the professional front. Mm -hmm. So if you're facing a crisis, if you're facing a mental health issue, for example, yourself or one of your family members, that's going to impact you at work. And, you know, showing how the company handles that Mm -hmm. and how the company is supporting people uh, through various personal issues 
um, is incredibly, incredibly valid. Right. And uh, I think something that more companies should highlight in the right way, obviously with the employee's permission. Um, but that's what employees are looking for today. Yeah. I mean, that they want to know, you know, when when times are tough, is the organization going to support me? Because I'm going to, as an employee, I'm going to give 110% of myself when I can. But there may be times where I can't do that because of whatever is happening. And then and how is the company going to treat me through those times? Those are the type, to your point, those are the type of case studies that are, they're just gold. And they, mm-hmm. and they, they will attract and retain talent over and over again if you tell them in the right way. Yeah, because the cadence of life is is never the same, right? It's it's constantly changing, whether for the good or bad. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, even, you know, and I speak from personal experience. Last year, I was out for almost six months with a health, unexpected health issue, a very serious one where for the first time in my career, I could not work. Like mm-hmm. it was not possible for me to work. And I had partners and and, and, and colleagues who stepped up and you know went the extra mile to cover for me um i can't imagine going through that in an organization that didn't have that culture it didn't have that approach it would have been very different for me um and i'm grateful for it so you know again like it's easy for a company to treat its employee well when everything's going well absolutely that's 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 not hard to do it's it's when when you know when things go wrong whether it's personally or even professionally with the organization how do they really treat their employees? Those are the case studies you should be showcasing. Very cool. So, you know, I think given everything we've talked about and as kind of we wrap up the conversation here, um, in your opinion, like what's just one thing a business can do today to kind of set in motion these these kinds of ideas we've covered? Well, it's a great question. Um, the, the advice I give to, to all my clients uh, and I think this in particular applies to smaller and mid-sized businesses, but but large ones too, is don't try to boil the ocean. You don't need to be everywhere um, all the time. It goes back to knowing your audience. And what I would say is if you have limited resources and limited budget, think about, if you're thinking about the employee audience and thinking about recruits and or existing employees, think first about where are they currently congregating online? What social media channels, what's the best way to reach them? And then sort of build out from there, okay, how am I going to create content that's engaging on that channel? It's perfectly fine just to start there with maybe even one channel um, to test and learn. And, And everyone in the marketing communication space is in this sort of continuous loop of testing and learning. Try it, see what works see what doesn't, refine from there, and keep optimizing, keep moving forward. So just don't get overwhelmed by the sheer fact that like, oh my gosh, I can I have so many channels and I see all these companies posting content every day. You don't need to do that. You can start small, you can start very targeted, and then you can build from there once you see what works and what doesn't for your brand. That would be, I know that's a very general answer to your question, but that's the best place to start because I think there's a lot of um, paralysis out there because companies, especially smaller ones, get overwhelmed with where, what do I do? Where do I go? How yeah. do I start? And uh, and that's you can avoid that just by being very targeted. Gotcha. No, that's great advice. Just know your audience. Just know your audience. Know, know your audience. All Absolutely. Right. Well, that wraps it up. Big thanks to you, Ted. Uh, Balancing Life's Issues, the Business Council of Westchester, 
and Westchester's ultimate headhunter, the Headless Horseman. Be sure to check out the bcw.org for upcoming webinars and events, including Talent Tuesdays. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for having me. Of course. Until next time, everyone, take care.